Bank Talk features thought leadership interviews with community financial institution executives on relevant banking topics. If you are that CEO or would like to be an executive one day, this is the podcast for you. Learn something new in each episode to improve the performance at your financial institution. And now, here's our host, Charlie Kelly. Hi, and welcome to Bank Talk. I'm Charlie Kelly, your host and partner at Remedy Consulting. Uh, today is a, a, an exciting day for us. We're on our 75th episode. So for those of you who have joined us for past episodes, we appreciate your loyalty, and uh, hopefully you're finding the content interesting. Uh, today on the podcast, I have a, a guest who is also going to interview me as the subject matter expert. It's another Kelly, Jordan Kelly, and Jordan has agreed to take on a few of the future Bank Talk episodes as our host, maybe give a younger perspective, you know, occasionally uh, just a, a little bit of relief from doing a, a regular podcast on a regular basis. So Jordan, I uh, appreciate you joining us today. Charlie, thanks for having me. So today on, on uh, Bank Talk, Jordan will be asking the questions, but uh, in general, the reason that I asked Jordan to interview me was because I wanted to talk about an artificial intelligence model that we came across that was meant to predict whether or not a bank is on the right core. You know, as we did a little bit of digging through the model, we started asking some questions that I just think would be covered pretty well in a podcast and might keep it kind of interesting. So without further ado, let's get to bank talk. So Charlie, the title of your white paper is are 36% of banks on the wrong core. So tell me a little bit about what led you to this topic. Thank you, Jordan. FI Navigator model uses uh, quite a bit of data to predict what core you as an individual bank should be on. And so we thought about that a little bit and we said to ourselves, well, I wonder how many banks are on the wrong core according to the model. So we asked the FI Navigator folks to sort of reverse engineer the model and see if they could see if they could come up with that number. And that number ended up being 36%. So 36% of banks, according to the model, are on the wrong core system. With that said, I just I need to speak about data here for just a second. In order to get to a, a succinct number like that, we had to make sure that we were looking at just specifically one set of banks. Because the, the model starts to skew and the data starts to skew pretty heavily if you get outside of certain parameters. But the the data that we used specifically was banks between 500 million and a billion. So we were trying to look at sort of community bank space specifically when we asked that question. And so as we took a look at that, at that 36%, if you break it down even further, you end up with some of those banks are not one core away but multiple cores away. Within that 36%, some of them are not on what should be their optimal model, but several cores off of that. And that to us was just fascinating. It was just a fascinating result as we looked at, at uh, you know, just a different way to ask the question. So when I was reading through this paper, an area that you dove into, which I thought was particularly interesting, was you had included some data around what it costs for a financial institution to change cores. 
Why was that so important to discuss in this paper? Well, I think that as, you know, we didn't want this paper to be uh, 100%. You know, we, we didn't want the paper to skew or say you are on the wrong core individually, Mr. Banker. What we wanted to do was we wanted to try to take a round, you know, as round a look at this topic as we could. And one of the things that that I think, um, as we talk to our remedy customers, one of the things that we think might be a gap is if I were to ask a CFO ahead prior to a core conversion, what costs are they going to real? What type of costs are they going to run into? And what are they predicting the one-time fees will be to get off of one core and onto another? I, I often get the feeling that some of the costs are being left behind, like either they don't understand every cost or maybe underestimate them. So we went into quite a bit of detail on just taking a look at those one-time costs. And you know, we looked at everything from early termination to conversion to deconversion, you know, to what does it cost to buy the pizza for your team in on all those long conversion weekends. And without going into a lot of detail there, we wanted to try to get to a point where we could predict the dollar amount that a bank could estimate, you know, for just for budgetary purposes. Knowing nothing, we wanted to try to come up with a dollar amount that they could estimate before the, you know, before the conversion event or before making this decision to try to determine whether or not it was, you know, if that was going to, if that cost was going to be a factor, we wanted to make sure they had it in the back of their head. You know, we looked at it and after kind of looking post-mortem at clients of ours that had done conversions, we feel like if you could, if you take between 75 and 125 basis points of your total assets, that's probably a pretty good ballpark number of what it'll cost to deconvert from one provider to another. So as an example, right, a bank of about a billion dollars, you might be able to estimate a million dollars in total deconversion, early term deconversion, you know, all, all the costs to, to go through that, that conversion process and deconversion process. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I would ever take a number under 400,000 to 500,000 as an estimate if I were trying to predict this for any bank of any size. I just, you know, my experience has been you don't ever get below a certain dollar amount because there are fixed costs associated with this that you just can't, you know, you can't uh, use as a, you know, a percentage of assets to try to determine them. They're fixed. They're going to be there. And even if you can't see them, you know, I, I wouldn't ever use a number under four to $500,000. So with these upfront costs in mind, really taking a look at the flip side of that. Another area that you spent quite a bit of time on was looking at efficiency ratios and sales growth rates as they pertain to the core. Can you tell me why why you dove in to that area? Well, the reason that we wanted to take a look at efficiency ratios and sales growth is, and again, this took a little reverse engineering by the FI Navigator team, but our theory was if I were to line up the top four cores of the providers, you know, one, the the core with the most customers from FIS, one from Pfizer, one from Jack Henry, and one from CSI. And we looked at the top cores, again, in that 500 to $1 billion range. And we looked at the average efficiency ratio of the customer, of the customers of each of those banks. So it's a pretty good sized sample. It is, you know, 80 to 5 to 90% of the overall sample size in that population. Is there a correlation between the highest ranking and the lowest ranking? And if there is a correlation between those two, 
can we put a dollar amount to it? You know, and again, we made some huge assumptions that there was a hundred percent correlation between you have this core and therefore all the efficiencies in your organization are tied to it. Right. That's a that's kind of a material leap, obviously. But if we just take a look at the at the pure data and say there's a hundred percent correlation, the dollar amount difference between the highest and the lowest core was one that would, you know, if you took that as a as a, a true dollar amount that you could recapture in your organization. It would pay down your one-time fees in a very quick manner. The other way to think about it is the dollar amount that you pay for your core in general, you know, on a run rate basis, would be significantly better if you if you at least calculated in the fact that you were going to be more efficient because you use that core. Now, conversely, we did the exact same thing. We asked the same sort of question, but we said. Is there a correlation between sales? So if you're not just an efficiency-based organization where all you care about is cost-cutting, if you did the same thing from a sales perspective, and was there, is there a correlation between a high sales growth bank and a core? And there was different cores, by the way. So you know the the core that that ranked the highest in efficiency is not the core that ranks the highest in growth. But you know I, I take that to mean that. Each of these cores are kind of built to do something differently and from a user experience perspective. But again, same thing with the sales side. If sales is important to you and you had the most efficient versus the least efficient and you believe that there was 100% correlation, that sales dollar amount made up very quickly for the one-time fees and the disruption at the beginning, right? The, the, the one-time turnover cost was quickly absorbed by what you were actually saving in making your organization a more either a more efficient or a more sales focused operation. Was that too much information, Jordan? No, I think it makes sense to look at really both sides of that question. You know, is there is there a core that is going to reduce costs and make us as an organization more efficient? Is there a core that can accelerate our growth? Um, and, and, you know, and really, how does it play back into this wider conversation? Yeah. And again, uh, you know, our goal with this paper was to try to do a, that round trip. We wanted to make sure, you know, we weren't, we weren't jaded towards uh, whether or not the, the results of the model were 100% accurate, right? We weren't trying to prove that. What we were trying to do is just kind of show that if this is a decision that you're thinking about, which is, am I in the right spot with my core? We wanted to just make sure that you had enough information to be able to see both sides of the equation. Well, Charlie, in 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 that vein, what I what I've kind of heard from you so far is that core conversion is difficult to undertake, and it can have far-reaching impacts for financial institutions. And honestly, in reading the paper, it actually sounded a bit to me like you didn't quite believe the results of the model. So after all of this, in your opinion, is 36% an accurate number? Well, I think what I would say is I would say on the face of it, I wouldn't believe the 36%. As a matter of fact, we even took the 36% out to a, a group of experts. We took it out to CEOs just to, just to kind of do a gut check, right? We took it out to CEOs, and then we took it to some of the internal core experts within the Remedy team. And we said, hey, 36% are on the wrong core. What do you think? We got a kind of mixed reaction. For the most part, everybody felt like the number was pretty high. And then secondly, you know, the question was always, why do I care? So I think, you know, you've already asked me the questions on why 
you should care as a CEO. In other words, you know, the why do I care was was kind of along the lines of, so what? I'm on the wrong core. What difference does it make to me? Well, you know, again, efficiency and sales uh, might say that it does matter to you. But then when it comes to the 36%, I thought about it. And uh, my original thought was, yeah, 36% feels high. But then I thought about it a different way. And I said, you know, if I was going to break it down, if I was going to break those 36% that are on the wrong core into a couple of groups, I'd probably say, you know, maybe a third prefer to change, but don't, you know, of that 36%, so maybe, you know, 10, 12%, they, they want to change or they might prefer to change, but that disruption and the, you know, the 18 months of pain that it takes to, to convert and maybe, you know, even longer than that when you talk about, you know, going through an RFP and all that are preventing them. So if a third are, you know, a third are being prevented by, I just don't want to go through that. There, let's say there's a group that decides to change, but now you, you're in this sort of period where you're waiting to convert and deconvert. And that might be a two-year period or a three-year period. So that's a very, pretty good-sized chunk of the population as well. The ones that want to convert just haven't done it. And then, you know, there's a possibility the model's wrong, right? I mean, there's a possibility that, you know, the, the core is okay or marginal. Bank CEO is saying, I don't know what optimized even means. There's a chance that that there is no such thing as optimization, right? Which is a, a unique concept, but, you know, the complexity of the core system and everything that's tied to it and what have you, right? I think if I would ask most CEOs, they would say, you know, if I would say, do you love your core provider? They would probably say, no, but, you know, the grass is not always greener. And I, I think that, you know, you might not be able to put an exact number on that. And that, you know, that's maybe where an AI model fails just a little bit. You know, I don't want to say that the model might be wrong, but but the model only has pure data and doesn't have gut feel and doesn't know, you know, doesn't know how, uh, you know, lack of service might have might have harmed the relationship and all those those non tangibles. Well, and either and you know on on either side of that, as you and I had talked about previously, I think either way, an AI model really gives an interesting perspective. Whether you ultimately feel that it is one hundred percent accurate or you feel that it is one hundred percent wrong, I think it gives an interesting perspective into this space where there might not have been one previously. And where community financial, you know, leaders may not have had this type of insight in the past. Yeah, it's a very unique perspective. We hadn't seen one before, and that's why it it piqued our interest enough to spend quite a bit of time, you know, both with the FI Navigator team, you know, and 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 I they they did a good job. They you know they were they were confident in being able to try to punch holes in their model. Um, you know, they they stood behind their data, and I think um, you know as a, as a purely data model, I would argue. I think the thing does a pretty good job as a as a subjective, you know, the reasoning behind most decisions are, are you know, maybe political, maybe subjective, maybe what have you, right? It's not purely data. And and I'll give you the best example I can there. Best example I, I can would be if I'm an FIS customer where I'm one of their cores and the model predicts that the next best core for me is another FIS core. I would argue that, you know, maybe the model needs a little bit of tweaking. And and the reason I would argue that is because if the re- if I'm at a point where I'm willing to leave that core system, it's because somebody at that core provider did not perform the way I thought they should. So there's a, you know, a much much better chance that I'm not going to them. I'm going to go look at a different core provider, including, you know, a different core 
but more specifically, the provider might be the one causing the pain, not the not the core itself. Does that does that make any sense? Absolutely. Really, really. I mean, what I what I hear you saying is that a lot of these decisions, and and you and I know it because we see it every day. You know, working in this core consultant space, but a lot of these decisions are really made on that, less on the hard data side and more on the soft personnel subjective side. Right. There's just a lot of history between these cores. You know, anybody that's been on a core, very often it's not a very, it's a, it's not a short period, right? You sign a six, seven year contract at a minimum. And many times, you know, there are several renewals in. So they may be 18, 20 years down the road before, you know, they decide to actually move off. And that's a lot of time. You know, it's a lot of relationship time. Absolutely. So bottom line, you spend a lot of time in this paper trying to educate community bank and credit unions on core systems. What would you say are your greatest takeaways for CEOs and other FI leaders? Yeah, it's probably a couple. Number one, I, I think you're absolutely correct on the concept of AI. This is really an interesting use of it, of you know artificial intelligence or, or predictive predictive modeling. To be able to try to say, hey, what core should I be on? Because it's a big question, and you know, a lot of consultants work in this space. But so th- that's probably number one. I w- I'd say maybe another thing that came to our minds as, a, as we were doing it is it's a really interesting dynamic. A lot of consultants in this space make their living by telling banks that they should be looking at another core. And then obviously the the consultant is looking for the project management work to to change course. So we were trying to do a round trip in this paper. And, you know, again, there's there's certainly more items than you can put in a 10-page paper as far as decision criteria, et cetera, for getting this thing done. But, you know, we wanted to we wanted to kind of take a look at both sides of the equation and see if, you know, if we could add some uh, some education and some entertainment, I guess, around uh you know, just how you might be thinking about this if you're sort of on the cusp of of changing core. You know, don't don't go to your core consultant. Be like it'd be like going to your doctor and asking them. You know, do you have any medications I could borrow or I could use? Right. I mean, clearly they're getting paid. The, the doctor's probably getting a kickback from the drug company. So, so it you know you you might be asking of the wrong place. And we wanted to just you know see if we could provide kind of a centralized operation. But uh, yeah, and maybe the last item I would throw in there is. You know, regardless of whether you believe the section of the white paper on correlation is efficiency 100% correlated to the core, we know it's not 100%. Uh, I, you know, I don't think we even tried to relay that in the paper, but 100% doesn't make any sense to anybody. But zero doesn't make any sense to anybody either, right? It, it, we know that that correlation number is not zero. The, the amount of energy your team puts into that core, the amount of workflows and the you know the number of workflows and the just the amount of driving of your daily business you know would lead me to believe that that core has got something to do with how efficient you are and how well you sell and if that's important to the organization don't completely disregard that because you're looking at a hundred percent number when we plug the dollars into it i think it's just an important you know it's just an interesting and interesting perspective well Charlie, I think we're kind of coming up on time here, but I want you know I wanted to give a shout out to FI Navigator as a big thanks for providing all the t- data for you to be able to run through and really create this white paper and take this deep dive in. But Charlie, thank you as well for being a guest as well as a joint host today. Well, thanks for having me, Jordan. I never get to say that. <laughs>
<laughs> We're happy to have you. Well, that's it for Bank Talk. Thanks for joining us today. This is Jordan Kelly, your host. Have a good day and keep on learning. Thank you for listening to the Bank Talk podcast brought to you by Remedy Consulting. Wanted to give a shout out to Jordan Kelly as our host on this episode about the white paper that was written by Charlie Kelly. The white paper can be found at remedyconsult.net backslash white paper. And if you'd like to reach out to FI Navigator or get more information, their website is finavigator.com and it will be in the show notes. Thanks again, and we will see you in the next episode.